Uh, hello? Uh, who? Damn it. For the last time, there aren't any Mexicans here. Welcome. This is the Cantina MX podcast. Episode 218. Albert Campa here with along with Joel. What's up, Joel? How's it going? Greetings, cheekies. Pretty good, pretty good. Looking forward to this match week 13 of Liga MX action. Uh, you know, a lot of teams will be either still in the fight or it will be pretty clear if they're no longer worthy of Ligilla. And there's a few coaches that could probably be um, replaced. Ah, uh, yes. True. So, uh, yeah, Ligilla coming up, coming closer. Also coming closer is uh, uh, week 15, which is uh, some consequences for the chant if it can continues. Um, we also had a Mexican friendly in Toluca, and we got some cheese mess. I guess you want to go into. Yes, but but I'm a I'm a touch on the subject of the of the corner kick chant, the forbidden p word, and um, so in in order to try to fight that. FMF released like uh, like an instructions for the stadiums. So I think uh, in F in games, Liga MX games, and they do the corner kick. I think the PA system plays. I don't know if they just play generic crowd noise, but they doing that in an effort to drown out uh, the chant. And so they talked about like uh, they're going to impose fines and then kick people out. So we'll see what happens there, uh, you know. Yeah, there's uh, see what 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 that leads to. There's a whole set of rules. I think uh, I tweeted them, and Tom did as well. But at, at week 15, if uh, it, that's the deadline, if it continues after week 15, then the uh, fines. You know, I think that no, would have gone stadiums, away. Dude. Empty stadiums. Like the next game is going to be an empty stadium. Okay. There's a three strike. Okay, rule. we are again. The consequences. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that would have gone away, but because a lot of people, like in the media and whatnot, have made such a big deal of it, it just it's sort of like just the fans make the fans want to say it more. I think if they would have just ignored it, it would eventually just left. You know. People would have stopped doing it because there's a lot of other chants and other things that used to happen and that we don't see anymore. You know, a lot of these things eventually get replaced. Uh, but Morelia, but this is what happened. Yeah, yes. Morelia put out a good video uh, with some kids, pretty much stating that they don't. Um, sort of the kids are saying it, inviting the people to not do the chant, to not offend people, to it's pretty much saying that they're they're listening and whenever they listen and hear adults do they they tend to do the same so it's pretty they're pretty much saying you're passing it down to your kids the uh, and Dang. to be offensive and i guess crude and stuff but is is that like when you play fortnite chickies do you have to is there a couple words you can't say yeah uh, yeah forbidden fortnite, words in fortnite. your housework well, I don't, I don't. I try. I try not to curse in the first place. That's what sort of like you'll never see old tweets or old videos of me yelling the chant, the goalkeeper chant, or yeah. even the even the the c word against the ref because I try not to curse. So that's that's so, something totally different, I guess, because cursing in general is like normal. Everyone, you know, everyone is okay with it. But offensive cursing, and in this case, homophobic type of words, is what they don't want. 
but they don't have anything against like the calling the ref a culebra and all that stuff, you know, <laughs> which is sort yeah. of the same. It's not the same, but it's sort of an insult. It's like not that's not very nice. It's not something you want your kids to to hear. I mean, some people do though. Some people like cuss up a storm in front of their like three year old child and stuff. But uh, but yeah, and then there's club consequences okay, also. So. Uh, and yeah, our, so we yeah. talked about club consequences. The the national team consequences are, are going to come up, and I think I don't know if it's the, after this Panama game. I believe next year is when they'll start going into World Cup qualifying. Yeah, so maybe, but there, there was some. Uh, I guess Tom was at in Toluca, and he mentioned that there, the chant was in existence at first. It was pretty loud, and then it like toned down a little bit after the warnings and everything. Um, but it was present, so that's that's a problem. Even though it did sort of like calm down a little bit as the game went on. You you covered an MLS game, no? The Saint yes. Saint Saint Joe. Saint Joseph, yep. <laughs> the Quake and and did you post the video? They were the fans there were were using the word, right? Yep, they were doing it also. Uh, I was. I was meeting with Elbow, and on my, on my way down to go to the other side, uh, there was specifically one guy next to me. He, he like yelled it. It was it wasn't very many, but this one guy yelled okay. it as loud as, as loud as he could. But then I went to the other side, and you know, with more fans there, um, and and it was it was it wasn't nothing like Liga MX loud, but it was there to where a lot of people. I, I, I heard a lot of people say it. A lot of people yell it. Yeah, it wasn't like as much with as much power and many people, but there was a a pretty good handful. Yeah, and the thing is, even I go say, even if they're like, like at this point, they live in. This is fans that live in the U.S., so they should be counted as like U.S. fans, like not not U.S. fans as as in uh, of the team USA, but but soccer fans that are in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing is, and this goes to like what I've said before about soccer fan, Mexican soccer fans in the U.S. Uh, they're not very many pochos. The the people most likely that are yelling this chant are like older generation uh, Mexican. You're blaming Mexican. Blaming immigrant population, chiquis. Yeah, because I mean they bring they bring back the they bring back you know the old traditional Mexican culture. Of like saying whatever. No, but this... but they're also it's most likely to be soccer fans. Uh, well, that's because what... there's many times. Yeah, and those those are most second, likely. Second, third generation. Fans. Yeah, yeah, second, third generations are more likely to follow American sports. Well, yeah, even the ones that it's... do though, like say the one, say a second and third generation, um, you know, there are still going to be a few that will follow soccer, and they go to San Jose yeah. earthquakes. They're going to be the ones that are going to be like, man, that's not cool. That's homophobic. Whereas their parents yeah, and it, grandparents are going to be like, man, screw you. <laughs> They're going to be like cussing. The viejitos? <laughs> the viejitos, man. The old school. No, no, man. No, man. I'm going to tell you why not the viejitos. Cause not the viejitos, but the see. older, like 40-year-old, 50-year-old. No, but I got to see. I got to see the, like in Mexico. Okay, so so a lot of this stuff, it, it, it comes from South America. Because uh, in, in, in Mex, the porras, or especially like the, the the barros bravos, the way that, that we see them now, they were non-existent. You could go back to games uh, as far as back as like '94, '95, and you really didn't have, uh, you know, these like, you know, big fan, big groups doing all that type of stuff. It, it was more mom and pop. Uh, I remember Necaxa used to have. It was this old guy, and he had the. It's it's. I don't know. You're, I forgot the name. It's like this wooden thing that you would swing around, and it would make noise. Oh, Did you ever get to see it? They still use those things. That what is it called? Uh... And that thing's dangerous, man. You <laughs> knock someone. Up. <laughs> yeah, thing's big, man. It, big it'll do like a track, track, track. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'll yeah. do like that type of sound. Yeah. And and. Some people would take that, and there used to be, I think they called him El Rayo Mayor, and they would always show him on TV, and I was like, this really old dude, and sometimes he'd be there with his wife, but 
it was that type like like the pretty clean, you know, like bing boom ba type of thing, or people would take flags and and um the other big thing in Max was the was the trumpets. Especially like at the Aztec. And I think Jalisco too, but people would take trumpets and just be blowing on the trumpets. And it sounded like like bees. You, you remember that stuff, right? Yeah. They, the... they they took it from us. The Bubusuela is is the the African version, but we had we oh. had the trompetas and we had the yeah. matraca. It's called the matraca. Matraca, yeah. That's the I rem- I remember now, and and it was like this wooden thing that you like like swung around, and it it made like this clicking sound. So yeah, the the, the most favorite uh, barra like like fan base you had was Pumas, and and a big reason because of the university, and they had a lot of South American um, students, so they would import some of the stuff. So when if you see games from way back then, the Pumas was the most animated with the more they had the Goya chain and they had more stuff. Uh, if you saw Chivas, it was just Chivas, Chivas. That was. That was it. There was like one chant. It's like just one channel. Just, and then Ole once, you know, if, if you're dominating Ole, stuff like that. But not songs and the jumping and all of that. That, that came around the time of Pachuca when, when they came up to first division. And, and the, the big story is that they, they brought in, they brought in, um, the barras. They brought people to help organize. Uh, I know, I know Atlas did because I heard it from a River fan, and I heard this years ago. It was like, was it like early, mid two thousands, around two thousand two, two thousand five, maybe. I heard it. Uh, it was Atlas fans, and they went to uh, they went to Argentina to the Los Borrachos del Tablón, which is probably their main Barra Brava, and and guy was telling me how couple dudes went over there and they spent some time they were just seeing how you know just how they organized and whatnot so but but that's that's you didn't start seeing it till like not not that long ago a lot of these a lot of these uh if you look at like the the you know like like the barras they're not that old you know they're maybe like teenagers right now in years yeah like 13 14 yeah, you gotta have the uh, energy to jump up and down all game. Yeah, so so yeah, no, all this all this profanity, man. We it came it came from abroad, cheekies. I'm blame I'm blaming the well <laughs> in the in the in the stands and stuff, but profanity like Mexicans have. Uh, I think they have like, well, a certain that was, talent you know, and just slur and you, just cussing like a storm, like you know just. One right after the other. Well, you well that that you know like and if you see, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the documentary on Maradona. I have not yet. Showing on HBO right now, and um, they show him when he's in Napoli, and and they go play Juventus, and the Juve fans, man, they're just they're just talking some mad ish. Yeah. For the Napoli fans, and they're saying. They have signs that say it's Naples, the toilet bowl of Italy, and stuff like that, and 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 saying a lot of stuff. And it, and it was interesting to see Maradona say, um, you know, there was a lot of racism, and I was like, how is it racism? You know, it's just, it's <laughs> they're Italians too, you know. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's the closest he got to like to oh, give yeah. an example of, of what it felt like. But I think that was the whole thing with. With the whole football thing, where it was like to intend, and it still happens a lot in in like some of these countries, uh, especially like Italy, where they just talk the mad shit. But that's like for them, that's part of the game They're, to try to psych you out and to intimidate. And that was happening in in South America as well. And so, so some of this that because the goalkeeper chant and and. Uh, when at least as far as back as we could trace it, you know, with with proof, it was during it was the, I, there's there's two two stories. One was uh, one was 
when Chivas played Atlas, I think they would do it to Oswaldo as one, but then there's the other one that was during the Olympics. And so we're going back to around 2001. And, and, uh, wait, when was it? Yeah, when they, where was it? The Olympics, they, at the Jalisco, they hosted the Olympic qualifiers. And the U.S. was there, then Donovan was there. Was that like in a one? And the time, but they were, oh, they were even more mean because they were, they were bringing up like uh, 911, not 9-11. Oh, I think Yeah, I they that. were talking some mad, huh? Yeah, I remember that. And that was the Atlas fans that were going to the games. Um, so yeah, it was pretty bad. I think it's, it's remnants, some, some of that leftover from, from that where it's like, you feel like you have to, you have to be like super insulting to get the one. But then that, that goes with it's like, they create a polemica, you know? And you're like, oh, you're, you're, you're just a certain way. That's why you do that. But, but enough on that, cheekies. Yeah, let's continue. What is the next? Let's uh... continue. Well, well, just speaking on St. Joe, the big, the big cheese being that Monterrey is going after Mati, and if I'm not mistaken, help me here, Chiquis, you've been to the Quake games. Uh, I think they haven't won in five games. So right now they're they're out, out of the Liguilla zone. Yeah, they have one uh, one last chance. Yes. Uh, I think on they're Sunday. playing on the road. Yeah, against they're, Portland. They're playing on the road against what, the Portland Timbers? Yep. So yeah, so if I don't know, I don't know if they have to tie or win. They're one point behind uh, uh, Dallas, so they either they have oh, to so win, they... and Dallas has to uh, not win. <laughs> oh, so if Dallas wins, it Dallas, doesn't matter what if they Dallas do. wins. Then their host Portland's at forty-six, so they can go up to. Uh, they can potentially they have to win pretty much, basically. Okay, they have to win. So yeah, and and. And so the big news, and even Sutcliffe was saying and, uh, that Monterrey's ready to pay uh, his buyout class. Wait, wait, they made like a mistake there because like he doesn't have like a his buyout class is like supposedly just for Selección and Chivas. Sounds kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so Sutcliffe me, messed up, man. For, for, for other reasons. Huh? So no, because like, look, Argentina's not going to come looking for you, man. I'm sorry, he's not. Yeah, true. You, you know, just because you won what? Because you, you won the neither Copa is, Cup? Neither is Mexico. And, and and even if you win the MLS Cup, just having that, you know, Argentina national team's not going to come knocking at your door. Just because they have coaches playing at higher level, winning, winning more prestigious tournament Neither so is just putting it there it's, yeah. it's kind of funny man that's like you know like i'm in a relationship with a girl and i'm like hey if if this supermodel comes looking for me <laughs> then i'm out of here you know yeah i'm out of here man and but, are but you if, cool with that but if this mediocre you know? girl comes then i then i can't then she's like no you can't but if a me only if a, only if a supermodel if a no. mediocre girl comes then no you're not allowed. No, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so it's sort of like that. And the same with putting Selección Mexico, just because, uh, and I know in Mexico, he's, he's, you know, he's valued a lot and, and there's a lot of respect, but they weren't, they weren't going to go for him. Like in that list, even he admitted, like, even when he was at a Fútbol Picante interview and he's like, if there's a list of about 20 candidates, I'm going to be 25. So I and, and, but I wouldn't go that low, but he wouldn't be top three. And uh, Mexico goes at least through three coaches. So he would miss out. If, if, you know, through any given cycle, they'll go through like three coaches. They're just not going to go for him. Uh, just because the way FMF operates, you know, it, it's not so much... And when I say this, people think I'm doubting his his quality or his. No, that's not it. It's just the politics. If you know, if if you follow Mexican football long enough, you see the same thing repeating all the time. 
it's like, okay, I've seen this one before, you know, like watching Friends reruns. You already know what, what, what jokes and what they're going to do. And it's same with FMF. They kind of have the same, the same MO. They've had it for years. So, like, if they get a, a, a coach, you know, 90% of the time, if it's a coach from League MX, it's someone that just won the league, you know? Um, if it's, if not, they bring someone from abroad and they, they try to go for like a big name like they did with Sven. The only time being was with, um, with JCO and that's because of the whole thing that happened with the way that, you know, um, Biojo was fired and he got fired after winning the, the Gold Cup. So I'm yeah, so Mati could be, could be on his way back, Chiquis. Do you think it's kind of messed up? This guy's negotiating and his team is like just right there, man, about because San Jose was pretty bad last season. I think they only won eight games out of like 30. Yeah, they did a massive improvement. Um, I think it is sort of messed up, but uh, I don't I don't blame him. I mean, that's the way. And I, if I was San Jose, I would be like, okay, I understand. That's, you know, that's the way things are. That's the way of this business. Um, you gotta, he has to look after his, his self-interest. He has to look after his career and his, uh, what he needs. Yeah. And if he's able to make a jump to something greater, like, uh, well, the national team. Chivas, I don't, even Chivas, man. If I was Mati, I would, I would rather be a Chivas. Like, if Chivas is the, in his contract, if it's only Chivas or the national teams, then even if he takes Chivas, that would be okay with, with me. It would be better than San Jose. All right, all right. Like, I would jump at it. You're, you're truly loved in Chivas. He loves the Mexican fan base that just embraced him, so I'm sure he's very glad to yeah. get back. He always has to have the translator with him over there in... Uh, in the press conferences and, and things like that in San Jose. Um, that's not probably his idea. Like, he's not, whoop-de-doo, look, look where I'm at. I'm in MLS. He's not really excited, <laughs> you know. He's just like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I, I'm, I'm sort of settling yeah. for MLS because I didn't I, got, I, I didn't take Chivas to Liguilla the last two seasons, so here, here's where I am. Yeah, and, and that's the thing uh, a, lot of, a lot of my Chivas hermanos don't understand is, is you know, the way we see, the way we see Mati, he's not seen the same outside of like Mech. because, and and there was a lot of noise made, and and for me, I always I always knew it was his agent, and you had like supposedly all these offers from South American national teams. They talked about Ecuador, they talked about Paraguay, uh, and then they talked about teams in. English Premier League and, and a team in in Spain and whatnot, and I think if, if there was that much interest, he would have not got to MLS. He would have waited, even if it would have taken him six months. He he would have waited for an opening in one of those for one of those opportunities to open up again. But I think this was just, you know, it was just a sage in making noise because I know that uh, it is that's that's just their job, you know. Yeah, so that's the Mati situation. It seemed like Sutcliffe sort of started a whole frenzy, though, man. With he did, he did, but there they had already been rumors. Yeah. Uh, he's just sort of confirming it, and it takes more validity because he's broken news before. Uh, but so, so basically, the three million Monterrey is is said that they would pay is not is not so much a buyout clause. It would be um, compensation. It'll yeah. be like, yeah, we, you know, here's, here's some money so you could go get, you know, some you new could sh- go. Some new shoes or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a new suit. It's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, like, like, um, it's like Chavo del Ocho, you know, and, and Don Girafales would get, Professor Girafales would go to, uh, where was it? Doña Florinda's house. Yeah. And they'll give Kiko a peso. He's like, go buy some candies. 
so they could be alone, you know, go, go get some caramelos or something. So, <laughs> see, caramelos. See they could have some alone time right there. And that's, that's sort of what's going to happen. Monterrey's going to give San Jose some, some coins and then like go, go buy a bar or something. Go. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's Tamati. The uh, recent cheese coming out is that, uh, it's the JJ Mack situation. So yeah, it's not looking good for Chiba fans. It seems that, uh, Grupo Pachuca is, is set on buying him one way or another. And one of the ways would be they're prepared to offer Eric Aguirre from Pachuca and five million. So that's, that's one of the deals. Of course, Chivas doesn't have to accept the player because it's for 15 million. So if Chivas wants to be like, no, just give us, give us the cash. At which point I'm guessing they could probably still do it if, if they just, they would just have to try to sell uh, Aguirre to another Liga MX team and see what they could get. You know, I guess a non-Chiwa team would probably pay what, like eight million maybe for him. And, you know, yeah. let's, let's, let's take off the Chiwa, the Chiwa tax, uh, six to eight. That's still, you know, because the five they already have that puts them at like 13. I'm sure they could borrow the rest. So it just seems like they're gonna they're gonna keep Macias and supposedly because there's there's already they have something fixed with a team in Europe. Dortmund is one of the teams that they're saying the most. So they would they would buy them, but not to keep them. They would sell them right away. Uh but but it seems like it would be for less money. It wouldn't be for the 15 that Chivas is getting. But they're, they're, they're keeping like a clause, like a 20% type of like, like if Dorman sells him, you know, down the line, they'll get like 20% of that, of that uh, fee. Yeah. So that's where they could come up and make, you know, depending how much he goes for, they could make some good, good amount, good amount of change right there. But I think one of their main things is like, I could see why they're doing it. It seems kind of dumb, you know, but I think it's, it's sort of like they've been sending so many players abroad. It's just improving their image. And, and they're, they're, you know, they'll be one of the to go teams if Europe's looking for young talent and even for young talent in Max. He's like, oh, you know, I want to go to Pachuca. I, I thought at one point that was going to be Chivas. I was like, other young Mexican talent is going to want to come to Chivas because, uh, you know, if you remember like in 05, from 05 to like 07, when they were sending like Massa and Salcido and, and, and all these other players were leaving. And, and so I thought, okay, they, they could be that team, but they, they dropped the ball, Chiquis. They didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. So he scored a goal over yeah, so. uh, over this uh, recent game. JJ Mack scored a uh, a pretty nice little uh, left foot but, goal against. By recent game, you're talking you're talking about the Mexico friendly against. Yeah, the Mexico friendly. Trinidad and Tobago in Toluca. Yep. Speaking of Canelo, also Canelo. Uh, uh, what's his name? Matt Cordova. Oh. No, the other Canel, Canelo. Yeah. Young guy Canelo Angulo played a pretty good game. He scored the second goal for Mexico in the friendly. I didn't get to see much of it, but uh, seemed. I didn't even know they were playing. Yeah, it wasn't very. Uh, it's it's the younger I, yeah, the younger I... guys, so a lot of the younger guys were there. Well, that's, that's the other chisme right there, Chiquis, our third chisme of the day. And this is something that leaked a few weeks back. And it was that Tata was going to be um, pretty much building the under-23 team that's going to compete in the Olympics. And it was supposedly that FMF doesn't have much trust in Jimmy Lozano, who's the coach. Uh, so they were saying that Tata was going to like build that squad and he wasn't going to be like the coach, but he was going to be like 
you know, pulling the strings, you know, the man behind the curtain. And just seeing what he's been doing with calling the camp, calling these young players, uh, playing the friendly with the juveniles, and then and then I think they announced that he's going to use the young players for for the League of what was it called the League League of Nations Cup. The Nations Cup, yeah. And that just you know you start seeing all that news and it's like it's not that difficult to to you know to be like maybe it is true maybe he will be the one that's gonna set the whole thing up you know and and. Really quick, just this is something we had touched on uh, in one of the, ooh, I think, was it around the time that that came or before? But it was John, and we talked about how, you know, uh, FMF would do good to concentrate on the under-23 just to try to develop more players, not not looking so much into this World Cup, but the, the next one where they're going to get to. They're, they're going to get to host a few games and you just want to have that many more players that yeah. are available or that have been in the system. And, and especially if you could have a coach that you could do two cycles, which is something that I've been trying to do for a long time. They've been talking about it since, since, uh, since La Volpe, probably a little bit before, but I know that that's one thing that they've been wanting to do for a long time, have a coach stay for two full cycles and Tata could be that guy. So Yeah, I agree. This I think this could be a good chance. The only I when thinking of that, the two cycles, I think of what what could come in and mess things up for Tata. And I don't see I don't see much much possibility of that happening. Like the CONCACAF in overall is sort of downhill. The US US isn't doing well. There's no Copa America to yeah, there's no there's no embarrassment that, that's foreseeable in the future for for no, the Mexican national team. But like no, but still, you know what? That that stuff shouldn't matter. Like if if your goal is the World Cup, you know, to go and make history at the World Cup, not just quinto partido, but trying to make a deep run. And uh, and we've seen teams like Turkey and South Korea do it, even Sweden. Um, no, I mean not Sweden. Uh, ¿Cómo se llama? Uh, Czech, no, Croatia, Croatia. There you go. And uh, so, yeah, we've seen some of the teams do stuff like that. And it's like, it's, and, and probably Croatia shouldn't be a, an example because I know people are going to start uh, dropping names. But historically, Croatia is not, not a team that, that goes into the World Cup and it's just kicking ass. Um, so anyways, um, yeah, it's, it's within the realm of possibility, I think, to and make yes. a deep run. And and I think you shouldn't you shouldn't compare and say oh you you looked bad against Panama at the Gold Cup. What can we expect against so and so? You know it's it's always that that type of thinking. It's pretty dumb, and I know it's been ingrained in the Mexico fan just because you know the 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 media makes such a big deal about it. They make it seem like like it's it's always doom and gloom. Even with the recent loss to Argentina, and the main talking point from the media was, oh, they brought Mexico back to reality. And that's, to me, that's BS, man. I bet you play that same game, uh, you know, play it six times, you know, like in basketball, where it's the best out of seven. Yeah. And, of and seven. Mexico would, Mexico would have won a few, you know? Mm. Uh, oh, you don't, cheekies, come on. I don't know. It, it wasn't Argentina's strongest team. Yeah, if, if it was the best out of seven, maybe they put in their strongest team. It was Mexico's no, strongest team. No, with that squad. I'm, I'm talking about those same teams. Those exact oh, same Oh, those squads. exact same squads? Hmm. Yeah, that team's not that like overly strong that you're like, oh, man, they're just going to keep whooping their ass. Yeah. It's, well, the- and then we've seen Mexico play even the, the squad they played when Tuca... Not not in the friendlies in Buenos Aires. Here's the other one. Tuca, they played, I think, Messi. Wasn't it a 3-3 three, three, three tie? Uh, I don't recall. But, yeah, I, I agree. I, I can agree. I can agree with you. Mexico can, maybe could make some adjustments after 
um, a first bad result and then and then come up better. The, the main thing I, th- I see with uh, Tata is there isn't that uh, group of people that criticize him and think he's not right for the team like there was with JCO. JCO had like a bunch of people that didn't didn't like his tactics, didn't like his rotaciones, didn't like the way the where where he played people. And he was yeah. criticized left and right. I don't see that criticism as much with Tata at all with Tata actually. So I in addition to like even if he were to have like a bad like this Argentina bad result. There's no one there like saying, "Oh, Tata made this mistake or Tata's not very good at the, at doing this for the national team." Yeah. Not a, where where that that existed with JCO. So it was just a matter of time. Like nobody, if I were to ask somebody, like even you, would you have wanted Jace, like talking about the two cycles, would you have wanted JCO for another cycle just to, you know, just to have the two cycles? You might say no. A lot of people would probably say no. But with Tata, yeah. it's, there's not that, there's not that uh, criticism. So he could very well get the two cycles. Yeah. The only, yeah. And then just, just to go for a circle, that's probably going to be the downside that, like he probably won't get that many that many big matchups going into going into the World Cup. Even though I mean the friendlies have been good because they have played a lot of the 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 you know South American opponents and there's the talk that they might face Holland. So yeah, there's that. A ver qué. Yeah. So that's national team. Yeah, that's our national team talk. <laughs> um, going to the wait. Uh, do you see? Do you see Tata doing that? Like, I think if he taking over the Olympic team, I mean, I think if we see him travel with the team or just go where the team's going to be playing, then I would, I would bet, I would bet that he is having major input. Yeah. I would like him to have major input, if not just totally take over the the job. Yeah, like take be on the bench and do everything. Take the Olympic team and, and yeah, but which I think it probably won't happen because I think they would have just booted. Jimmy. They would have just booted Jimmy yeah. when they had that FMF meeting not too long ago. They would have been like, "Oh, your service is not needed anymore." Yeah. Okay, that's that's that on the on the soup. Yeah, so I guess going into the uh, into this upcoming Liga MX weekend, um, or, or is there anything in the last 13. the last week? That just I, I guess just to cover real quick the last week, like some some highlights. I guess just one highlight that I want to sort of talk about is or not oh, talk about but just mention is the. Uh, <laughs> the the sad situation for Veracruz, man. They oh. had the, they had the win oh, in the, the bag. Cruz. Oh, I, yeah. Well, I thought, you were, I thought I you were going for the big Chivas loss. Yeah, the Chivas loss was good. I mean, it was was. But was I mean, Veracruz has been a sad. You know, they're like that commercial that comes on with like help feed the starving kids when you watch PBS. <laughs> And they have like some special. And you always know that commercial is gonna come on. There's like a starving kid, and then there's like a crow pecking at its eye or something. No, it's 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 a mosca. It, it's always a fly, like walking by its eye, and they won't even blink. It's just it's not even moving. And it's you know, it's just just twenty five cents a day helps feed you know Matumbo or whatever. But I I think. Uh, that's that's where a cruise. You you know what's gonna happen. Uh, I, I thought you were gonna talk about Chivas, man. Uh, that losing the Clásico. Well, the only and, thing... and if I'm not mistaken, aren't they going up against Pumas? Yeah, Chivas Pumas. The only oh, thing I was man, gonna say see... about the Veracruz was that it was last minute, man. They had it in the bag, and then the last it was an extra time. Toluca scores to 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 get the tie, and Jurado Sebastian Jurado was just like. Crying almost while walking off the field. It was pretty bad. Pretty sad. Ah, the goalie. He's yeah, the getting quite the, quite the practice there, man. He yeah. must be the goalie with the most shots. You know, oh. he gets the most blocks per game. And he's, he's young. He's, I think this is going to help him. It builds character. 
<laughs> I, um, I, I'm liking it. Yeah, I'm liking his uh, experience he's getting. He um. So what are they at now? Thirty-six games. I have no idea. Without a win. Let me look it up. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's thirty-six without a thirty-six. Thirty-six. Yeah, oh, without a win probably and probably more. And well, their former coach. Thirty-seven. So their former coach Sivoldi, he's at he's at Cruz Azul now, and I think he's at sixteen games without a league win. If if you if you add up, you know his time at Veracruz with his recent Cruz Azul games, uh, I think he won in Copa, but just just using league, he hasn't been able to win yet, and they have a big match <laughs> coming up, Chiquis. Very big match if you're a fan of the. Of the Blue Cross, a classical Hoven. It's it's been a, a, a year and two months without winning in the Liga MX for Siboldi. Ouch, ouch! And I, I think he's a very good coach. He's looking bad, though. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna stop talking about the coaches I like because I think I'm burning them. <laughs> First, Chepo now Siboldi. So I'm just <laughs> giving the bad juju. Yeah, I'm not gonna mention them. Uh, no more. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think I, I do think he's he's really good. He just the way he came in, you know, because uh, I, I think that that affects the way you come into a team and just the whole with Pelias because he was very close to that to that squad and and not just because of Pelias but also because of what it means where it's like uh, it's it's basically a battle of promotores and so players know that oh man. Now that Pelias is gone, they might, you know, remove me and bring someone else, which I, I'm guessing is happening to Paul Fernandez. I don't think I've seen him play as much, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's shipped out at the end of the season. Um, and there was already in one of the interviews, uh, Cruz Azul, the, the top brass they were talking about, because they asked him about Hurtado, the promoter, and he was like, and they said, yeah, if he offers good players, we would, you know. And I mean, so they're already admitting to that. So I think that that has an effect well, which is similar, I guess, same thing happening at Chivas, where it's it's Chivas making the exact same mistake that they did last season, four games left, and they bring in Boy. I don't think they should have brought Thomas Boy just because the team was already, you know, it's already going to crash. At that point, you're you're just like the crash test dummy. You know, it's it's just going one direction. It's gonna hit the wall, and and boy gets in there thinking that he's gonna, I don't know, man, hit 85 miles per hour maybe, and and start the flux capacitor. I don't know what he was thinking, and and he he just crashed, and and he it affected him going into this season. No one trusted him, and same same now with Dena, decides to come in to to. Two days going into a Clásico, Super Clásico, must win. And he does the exact same thing. He, he decides to take over the wheel, you know, and and he crashed pretty bad. Team looked very bad. And now Chivas has, I believe, seven games left in the season. They have to win five if they're going to make Liguilla. And it's uh, it's not looking too good. Uh that window is closing very fast. So it would be epic if they do qualify. It would be epic, but odds are against them, you know. Yeah, I, I guess going touching on the touching on the classical a little bit, they they just repeated their horrible de- defense. I think they need the oh. like they need the bunker or something because America has been playing the counterattack. And that's what burned uh, Chivas because they were trying to push and push and push, and America came with the counter uh, on some pretty, actually, pretty good plays. Um, yes. On the well, left side and, and, on that one play, and, and then they scored that goal, which was uh, on the counter, and that just burned the defense. The Chivas defense was just not, not there. Like even uh, on that one, on that one counter, uh, Briseño with his barrida, man, he sort of just like oh. flopped to the ground, and and the ball went behind. You him. mean to Gio? Because we can't talk about Clásico without the Poyazo over Yeah, Gio. that's that's another and that's now, another thing. 
That's he always I mean. said to miss the rest of the season. I think he's he's out. He's out for six uh, weeks. I think this, six to eight weeks. Uh, it's estimated. Yeah. So yeah, it's. So that's uh, that's some hope for Cruz Azul. Bad. So I wanted to ask you, uh, Cheekies, do you think Pollo? You think it was on purpose? I don't. I don't think it was. I said it on 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 Twitter. You said on Twitter. Uh, I said it on Twitter. It, it's it's just he's uh he's torpe, man. A lot of times he's the big def- yeah, a lot of times the big defenders aren't really uh technical and aren't and and they're big and strong, but they don't really know like when they when they didn't uh win a ball. Like that's just a race to the ball. And Gio won it. He thought he could get there. Um but there's no way he was uh, and then, you know, he, he went in full and, and the Torpe type of guys, man, they'll just go in full blast and like run over whoever. That's what a defender needs to be sort of. They need well, to be tall, big, strong, you know, clear out headers and, and corner kicks and stuff like that. And he just went in. He thought he was going to actually get the ball, but, uh, you know, obviously Gio had his left foot there quicker and, and he missed and he nailed his, his leg, which was, uh, very, very unfortunate. I'm gonna give you my hot take, cheekies. Yeah. And I think he he did mean to hurt Gio. Oh yeah. I don't I don't think he wanted to cut him the way he cut him, but I do feel that he wanted to to give him a, a hard hit. Gio had been burning him already, uh, and and I think this guy was just heated, good... and he's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock him out. Not knock him out unconscious. Cause I'm, I'm gonna knock him on his ass, you know. Give him a message. And yeah, send this message. Either you pass or the bomb, but not both of you. <laughs> and uh, and that, I think that's what led to the, you know, the whole cut and everything. Just it led to that because I do think he was trying to like give him a good bump, and it just went very wrong. But I do feel that. I do think he, he he provoked that by going in strong like that. He went a bit too too hard right there. That's a good. Uh, uh, so Pollo is suspended. What was he suspended for? A couple games, three I, maybe. I heard three, and then I heard I don't four. Know. Uh, so I think it's four. So he's suspended, and that that might hurt Chivas. Uh, so yeah, they got a big game against against Pumas, who is actually in the qualifying. Right? Yeah, they haven't. Are uh, they in they're the... In eighth. They're barely there. They're in eighth. They're barely there. And, yeah, we weren't expecting this cheekies. We were not. But I think that's that's when you have a, a good coach. I'm giving Michel credit. I wasn't sure how he was going to do. But I think that he knew what he was working with, that he didn't have much. And I think he's he's been spot on on his tactics. And so, yeah, even if they don't qualify, you really can't blame him. I think he's already done more than enough, uh, at least in this part with what he's had to work. I do think, uh, I do, I think Pumas, I mean, you're going up against the wounded Chivas, the goat, it's already, you know, got a couple nails on the goat coffin. I don't know, Chiquis, do you think the, you think you're getting a win number two? This this match it's it's in it's at the only life right. Yes, it is. I think. Uh... So wait, but that could be win number two because Pumas went about thirty years without being able to beat Chivas in Jalisco, and uh, and this could you know they beat them last. Well, not too long ago they beat them, so I think this could be another, could add another one. Yeah, I don't, I, this is going to be an interesting match. I don't know. Pumas has had luck with Chivas lately. Uh, this is going to be in. Uh, they have, but Chivas hasn't played too bad at home. I th- I'm no. thinking. I'm thinking the same thing with America and the same thing with the defense on Chivas's part. Pumas sort of tends to do the counterattack also. So if they can sort of do the same and get behind the uh the Chivas defense with uh with uh what's his name? 
that guy's name? Is yeah. Carlos, Carlos Gonzalez. If he can oh, sort okay. of like, yeah. if, he, if he can sneak behind there and get some passes from Iturbe or, or whoever and on the counter, and then they, they, they might be able to cause some damage. But I'm thinking it's going to be a tie. Okay, a tie. I'm not even looking at the crystal ball. It's too cloudy for me. Cheeky. So I, don't, I don't know what to expect out of Chiba Camp. It's too much. Too much noise. It's too much static. Yeah, it's Looks a bunch like of stuff going on. Scramble channel. Huh? Yeah, it's a bunch of stuff going on. What happened? The uh well, their uh the, the Chivas suspension with Briseño and uh just the slump they're in. Well it's hard to predict. The one positive the one positive is that Oribe finally scored. So I think Oribe Oh yeah. You know, they, they gotta win. He's regaining he's getting back his mojo. And uh I don't know what I could tell my Chivarmanos, maybe that the best thing even if they don't qualify for Liguilla, the best thing the club could do is try to make as much points as possible to get out of that relegation zone or the zona de porcentaje. And the second is you're still in the fight for the Copa MX. So you know, have that Copa MX Campionissimo thing going on. It would probably be like fourth, their fourth Copa MX in a short amount of time. Yeah. So that's uh, that's one of the, the games that's going on. Uh, there Saturdays are quite a bit of good games. I think we talked a little bit about uh, Cruz Azul and America. Uh, that's going to yes, be on Saturday big, also. Big game. Yeah, because um, Cruz Azul's been fumbling, and I, I do think. A loss against their arch rivals, and it's just what it could mean for them mentally. It could just take them out, you know, and and then that would, that could like end their season right there, where it's just their morale just drops to the gutter. Yeah, um, I want to say like it's ever since last week. And possibly even, well, even I think last week or a couple of weeks ago, on the podcast I talked about it. Uh, match of the week, I, I'm I'm gonna the Leon Veracruz match is becoming interesting to me because <laughs> because not just because to see if, if Veracruz continues with the the streak without a win, yes, but also to see how many goals Leon scores. Because any team that plays Veracruz has been uh, racking up some points. And uh, with Macias, uh, let me look at the table. Because that's oh, getting the goal, the goal table. It's been on fire. Okay. Oh, actually, Macias. He did play a midweek game. Yeah, Macias is at remember six. Remember what we said about... Yeah, but remember, Chiquis, what he's we gonna talked about. He's going to get some rest? You think he's going to rest? Even... Not rest, but he might be a bit tired or yeah. just not... Fully, I mean that's a possibility. He's young though, so it could be like whatever, you know. True. He's he's still young. He was hustling and and, and and trying as, hard during the national team game. So. As, as they say in your rancho, todavía tiene toda la leche adentro. <laughs> I think uh, he's, he probably won't affect them, but we've seen that with some players. They midweek and then when they play in the weekend, they're they're pretty gassed. Uh, but this guy's young. But Leon's, Leon's coming in with three players at the top of the goal scoring. Three players at six goals in the in the tabla de goleo. Um, the Furch is, uh, Furch is at the top with eight goals. Yeah. So they could very Furch much take over. Fire. They could take over. Furch, I have to say it, and I've been admitting to it, as I talked about, I downplayed Santos, and I said they're not as strong. And I maintain that they're not as strong as previous, uh, you know, previous Santos teams. Like when they had Izquierdos and Araujo and, and, um, what was it? Tajina, what was it? The, the one dude's name? He was one of the top goal scorers. Yeah, I forget. He's helped me here. I forget his it's name. It's with a D and a J and. and oh, Janini. Yeah. Giannini. Giannini, there you go. Yeah. I never knew what he was. I thought he was Brazilian, but then I think he's from like 
Cape Verde or something. I don't know where they. I don't know where they found him. Found him in back pages. And uh, <laughs> this <laughs> this guy. I don't know. I don't even know where he's at, man. They shipped him out pretty quick. I thought he he would still been kicking ass in League IMX. Um, but uh, so, anyways, I, I I don't think, but but um, their schedule has been it's probably the best schedule you could get. Like if you from top to bottom, like how you want to face the teams, and then which teams you get at home as opposed to which ones you get away. I, I do think they've had a very favorable. You know, schedule and then Forge. I think he got some of that Mexi power. He recently got his citizenship and he's been, he raised his hand for Selección and I think he's been, he's just been on it, man. And, and I, you know, Forge could be wishy washy. He could, he could have a really good season or then, or just passed unnoticed, but he's having one of the best ones. So I, I do, I think, and Santos, they're, they're playing Tigres. I think that that should be a good match too. And my expectation, Cheekies, and it sounds like I'm hating, but I'm not. I, I think if Santos gets to Liguilla, that they're going to be bounced off in the first round. Possibly. Yeah, but I mean, they already proved me wrong. They could keep proving me wrong. Uh, to our, to our cast, uh, to our fellow member, Thanos Delight. They're, they're at top though, man. They're gonna play some, they're gonna play some scrub team though. Yeah, but these scrub teams, they're gonna oh, be like actually, scrappy. Yeah, and never mind. It could, you know, you could end up playing the Monterrey. We got Tigres in seventh, man. <laughs> they could play Tigres. It's still yeah, like in Monterrey, a... it's a little bit, well, even teams like Monterrey and even Cruz Azul. Uh, if you compare the squads, they, they're stronger, you know? And so Monterrey, who knows right now, they don't have a coach. Uh, so this Sunday is, I guess they're waiting for this Sunday because Mati, you know, Mati could be available and uh, they would bring him in. Yes. If, if not, I think they mentioned Hugo is in the running. And I could, I could, you know, I could see him probably getting him. At least he's going to get that Tomas boy type of deal just to the end of the season type of thing. <laughs> uh, I, I desire to see Hugo back, back in action. He's, yeah, I think he's dependent from what I've heard. Uh, he's like a great motivator or he's great. You know, but he, he needs like a good assistant, a good someone to back him up, like a Mario Carrillo type of guy right there to help him with the tactics. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, what else we got, Cheekies? Uh, well, I guess the uh, um, one of the other games coming up over the weekend would be Wait, Atlas. Uh, I want to know who Atlas plays. Uh, Atlas plays Cholos on Saturday. Okay, night. that should be a that should be a good game, actually. Tigres will play Santos as well. So huh? Yeah, Tigres Saturday plays night Santos. Full. Who does Monterrey play? Monterrey plays on Sunday, Querétaro. That should be. Oh. That should be a good measuring oh, stick for Querétaro. Oh, they won a face. Yeah, but. Team with no coach, morale on the dumps against one of the. You're going up against the good, you know, the King Midas Buse, and he has the the Gallos Blancos, the white roosters, or like Jan Jan likes to call them, the big white cocks. They're <laughs> crowing mightily, and I, you know, I could see another defeat there for the Rayados. And you know what I was noticing with, with the Mati, with the Mati to Rayados news? I was noticing a lot of Cambiarrayas. I was reading the Chiva fans. Oh, really? And they were all like, all of a sudden pro Monterrey. And I was seeing all these Rayas changing colors. <laughs> Interesting. I don't think they, 
I don't think they will switch teams, but I could see them cheering for Monterrey, uh, you know, picking it up as their second team. As their Liguilla team, since Chivas won't be there. The only, the only thing I'd say, though, about this matchup, Querétaro and, uh, and Monterrey, is Querétaro has, is sort of seen, like I'm seeing them as overachievers. They're no longer, you know, they're at the top of the table. They haven't lo- they haven't won in the last four games. They lost their last two. They're now in sixth place, so they're sort of diving, man. And and if you look at their lineup, they don't have like, I mean, they have some okay players. They don't have really like really good players. What that are like? Chick is their top four, top three even you could say in squad. Oh, the Maximiliano guy is the like the, the most expensive transfer. And then they got some seleccionados there, like uh, Montes and Layun. No. That that team is stacked. <laughs> I, I request you go back to the drawing board. No, dude. That's one mightily stacked team. You talking Gallos? No, I was Ma- talking Monterrey. No, not, not Monterrey, man. Gallos. Oh, you confused me, man. I was like, Sorry. What? Sorry. Yeah, no, Gallos, Gallos is a pretty... Yeah, they, they're sort of overachievers, yeah. man. So I, I don't see – I mean, I can see Vucetich and his team being competitive, but I could very easily see Monterrey winning this, even though Gallo's yeah, but, been... No, no, but I mean, look at the circumstances. Um, you know, one team that's playing good with a one of the best coaches in the league, that's Buse, you know, hands down, he's, he's yeah, one but of he's, the top. He's, he's squeezing more juice out, out of that I, out of that. It orange. is, he is, but – I think but all the juice at, is running out, though. I know, but look how he's going up against some wood Monterrey team. Going to Monterrey team that their morale is down. Yeah, the so coach is gone. They don't know who's going to come. Incertidumbre. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's kind of confusion there. Maybe you get an interino. You don't I, know what this guy's going to do. He could probably shit the bed. So it's just too many unknowns. I, I think it'll be yeah, competitive, though. I think it'll oh, be yeah, well, because Querétaro hasn't Querétaro started off on fire. They're sort of like, like I said, they haven't won in four games, so they're sort of like going down a little bit. They were at the top of the table just a few weeks ago. Now they're in six. So even though Monterrey is down there in twelfth, and you know, like you're saying, I agree with everything you're saying. Like they're in incertidumbre and they're losing their coach and all that. Querétaro isn't flying high as as one would like to think. So it might be a this it, this isn't like an a be a horrific or you know like a terrible opponent for Monterrey. I think they still have a chance to do something, even even in the situation they're at. But we'll see if 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 Gallos goes over there and just blows them out, then I would be I would be proven wrong. So yeah, that's the Sunday game and. Uh, it's, uh, we have a stacked Saturday, though. Necaxa plays tonight. This is the only game against Morelia. And that's it. That's our, uh, well, Toluca Puebla on Sunday also, and then Juarez San Luis. Juarez San Luis, okay. Good stuff. Good stuff there. All right. So that's pretty much uh, League MX. Covered a little bit of uh, national team, some chismes, some Matias Almeida stuff, some contracts. Anything else you want to talk about before we close out? Yeah, uh, just uh, the whole La, La Volpe thing, man. Uh, yeah, we talked about Toluca. So at this point, who knows? Uh, who is Toluca playing again? Did we even talk about them, uh, about their match? Uh, just briefly, they're playing Puebla. In in, uh, in Toluca. The Devil's Cauldron, at, they're playing at home. Yep, so. They, uh, let's see, Toluca's schedule. They, they almost got beat by Veracruz, man. That's the thing. That's why I'm saying... I think Toluca has just given, um, you know, Bigotes more than enough time. I, I don't think 
I don't know, Chiquis, what would you do if you're if you're Toluca <laughs> Directiva? Do, do you hold on to to La Volpe man or or because I mean I can't defend that man. I can't defend the team looking bad against Veracruz. Veracruz the whipping boys. That's like you know, Mike Tyson's punch out and Glass Joe is about to beat you. Yeah, the, the only type of excuse I would give is they're playing away in Veracruz, and maybe they had, uh, you know, the, Veracruz came in with some passion. They wanted to, they wanted to do well. Um, Toluca did beat yeah, San Luis but, but, at know, home three-one. Like, one of the most difficult things about playing Veracruz away is like they don't cut their grass, so uh. it's like the field is pretty bad. That's that's that's. That's the extent of the difficulty there. You're tripping over blades of grass and such. <laughs> um, the they're, is, they're playing the at home. They're playing at home, so I think uh, Puebla hasn't been very well at all. I think they might get a good result. and I don't know the internals of everything. I, I In the press and uh, on Twitter and everything, I, I hear zero complaints. And maybe I'm not fully in the know. I hear zero complaints about La Volpe. Zero requests on his uh, permanencia, so I, I think he can very well stay on. But I, I mean, I, I try not to f- fit in like historical personal feelings. I'd get rid of him right now, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, you would, you would, yeah. I, I'm sorry, Mister Bigotes. I just, I'm not convinced. Yeah. I would get rid of him too. I think he's just. I, I just see him doing better with youth teams at this point. He hasn't done well at the club level in a long time. Uh, I would rather see him with, you know, I think probably see what he does with Seleccionados. Get him under 15. Get him under 12. Yeah. See what he can do there. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Selección Mayor, he'll be like, it's a selection, your larme. Okay, it's a little clout. All right. So, there we have it. I guess to close out the podcast, I'll mention uh, Jaime, our, our cantinero who's out in San Jose, is going to be at a Chivas game. I believe it's next week, next Wednesday in San Jose. So if you And if you guys listening are uh, in San Jose, look out for our tickets to that game Chivas against oh I don't even know who they're playing Morelia Morelia the Monarchs so a little friendly in the United States uh, Jaime will be there taking pictures with a huge telephoto lens so we'll have some uh, content for everybody uh, from that game all right, man. Thanks for coming on, Joel. Thanks to always a pleasure, Cheekies. Yeah. Thanks to everyone who was uh, who was listening. We had a few a few viewers come on, and we will see you guys next week. I will not be traveling, so I'll be uh, an evening podcast on Thursday, if not some other day, um, for sure. Last night I was traveling for the on Thursday night I was traveling for the last two nights. So that's why we're doing a daytime pod but hopefully we'll get Sean and some other guys on I know Jaime has been willing to come on for our next episode on Thursday night alright everybody thanks for listening and we will see you guys later